the past. It used to be a newspaper. The Bob Podcast. Not outclassed. Ones on mass. Getting on my leader right up to the end of the game. The Bob Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Buff Podcast. My name's Mark Isles and I'm the Chief Football Writer of the Bolton News. This is the 171st episode of the Bolton Wanderers Podcast that's been waiting in the Ticketmaster queue for five days now and I'm starting to think there might be a problem. On the show this week, chime for a rest, Pompey defeat, knackered squad. Wembley bound, how many sold for the Papa John's? An X-Filed, we look forward to another fun-filled trip to Morecambe Happy Days. But first, but first, but first, but first, if you haven't tried subscribing to the Bolton News, then guess what? It's going to cost you just a quid for your first month, thanks to our late winter sale. That's what they're calling it. Uh, the offer definitely won't last long, so for the price of a car's pasty, you can sample the best Wanderers coverage Best Wanderers coverage, rather. Unlimited articles, ad-free app for your phone, loads and loads of extra reader offers and all sorts of stuff. It really is a game changer. If you want to give it a whirl, support local journalism, support this podcast, then go to theboltonnews.co.uk backslash subscribe. So let's introduce a man who, when he isn't being profiled in the New York magazine, sometimes finds the time to help us out on the Buff podcast. It's Sir Henry Hewitt. Henry, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us, sir. Yes, well, no matter where I get profiled, New York magazine or BBC or wherever, I always have time for you, Mark. Yes, yes. Well, do uh, do read the, the latest edition where, where Henry's praised to the hilt for bringing MLS to the masses. Is that fair to yeah. say? Well, you know, I, it's just saying there, Henry's too humble to say it himself. So I, uh, I'm i going to, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say anything. They're their words, not mine. But yeah. um, but no, I think, uh, to be honest, I've uh, I, and it seems weird to say because we, we're still fourth in the league and we're in a final, but it, it kind of cheered me up after this week of Bolton Wanderers. It's, it's been a strange old week. Even even after kicking the whole thing off with, with a win, it has been a strange week because obviously Pompey's taken a bit of a shine off things. It's very clear to see that a really heavy February has caught up with more well more players than we'd like. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I think it all came at once. You know, I think sometimes um, you can have one or two players that are feeling a bit tired and uh, it didn't quite happen. And I, I, I thought, firstly, on the, the game on Saturday against Port Vale, it just seemed to be the whole team. It was contagious. Yeah. Everyone was giving the ball away. Everyone was, you know, luckily we had a, a 15-minute spell where we, we could string two passes together and we were playing well and got the two goals and, and hung on. But... Um, but no, I mean, as disappointing then as Tuesday was, it did not surprise me one bit. I mean, obviously, you went down to Portsmouth. You could, you speak to these guys. Was was the Portsmouth game? Was it bound to happen at some point? Do you think? I, I, think, I could say that about the Vale game actually as well. Well, that's it. I think looking at the Vale game, that first fifteen minutes was as bad as they played for a very long time. We're talking League Two nobody knew each other sort of uh, time, really. Um, you know, giving the ball away, all that sort of stuff. Uh, they could play that game 10 more times and I don't think they'd win again 2-1. Not at all. Mm. You know, Port Vale were pretty good. They weren't brilliant. This finishing certainly wasn't brilliant, but they were, you know, the ball was so poor for that for that moment. They should have been two or three down, really. And how they got themselves back into it when they did, I don't really know. Um, but again, you know, it had, it had an echo. I know they flew, flew down. They tried to do everything they could to conserve energy, bring a few players off, save a few bodies. But really, it wasn't enough. And, and weirdly enough, other than Dion, who I will say is one of the players who is exempt from blame. Or, no, I say blame. There's no point in blaming people. Is it? But exempt from, you know, criticism in terms of, of, of the performance at uh, Fratton Park. Um, a lot of the players, even the ones that were a bit, you know, had played a bit less, didn't didn't turn up, and it's 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 worrying because there's not a lot of time between now and and Morecambe, obviously, and Morecambe will be sat there just rubbing their hands, man. Yeah, they will, and uh, I know it's a small pitch, but you know sometimes on smaller pitches, 
uh, and anyone who plays five side will know this is that you you don't get a minute to um, to to relax. You know, maybe on Bolton's pitch, if the game's on the other side of the the uh, pitch to where you are, you might get a, a couple of minutes just to have a rest. You don't really have that at Markham, and they'll be up for it. The fans will be up for it. Uh, they're in a dogfight at the bottom. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a very tough game. But I think for, for Bolton, the fact that we've got a week in between the Markham game and then the Ipswich game, mm. I think it's all about just getting through that one and uh, and moving on. But we'll talk about that later on, Mark. Um, let's, let's establish some structure in this podcast. We seem, to, <laughs> we seem to have just covered all bases. in the We'd basically end it here if we wanted to. Um, yeah, we, we should have a, I don't know, a... a, a an hour's game of Danny Shitu now, just to fill all the time. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll start, I mean, we'll go back to Port Vale, because that was slightly happier. Um, Victor Andriejo is off the mark. He's got the goal that he wanted. I think it was his sixth game for Bolton. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's had his, his doubters, perhaps, um, in, the, in the last couple of weeks, but I think he played quite well Saturday until he came off with a, with a hamstring injury. That also, just to mention Portsmouth, forced him out in the warm-up of that game, so he wasn't able to play. Um, but it's good to see him off the mark. Yep, I would agree with that. It was uh, probably one of the easier goals. Well, I say easier goals. He's had to uh, wrestle the defender where, you know, his, his movement was very good, but mm. a header from two yards is probably what he was dreaming of, um, you know, to get his first goal. But, uh, yeah, it was it was great. Great celebration as well. And, and hopefully, because if you remember last season, I think Bod Varson... He didn't score till March and then True. ended up with six or seven. So uh, hopefully he can push on now. Yeah, that's all he needs for, for 20 as well, six more goals. Uh, but he did actually, I thought he did especially well to, to lay off for Josh Sheehan for his first goal of the season. His first goal since, oh crikey, um, it was the crew game just before he got injured. So it would have been 2021. Um, long way back for Sheehan. He seems to be roughly getting there now. Um, but uh, good to see him getting the score sheet and, and an interesting time for him. Yeah, it is. I think Sheehan's showing, um, he's showing the, the form that he showed before uh, before he got injured, but I think there's still a few bits where um, you can tell he's just getting back to, to things. You know, a few passes go astray or he's, he, he takes a while to get into the game. I thought on Tuesday, I mean, it was a difficult game, obviously, but, you know, especially to come into, but I felt he, he didn't, he didn't get into it straight away, but um, but no, he's he's a good player, and um, you know another another player who fits into that centre and midfield. Did manage to grab a chat with Josh before he got on the bus for Pompey on Monday. Um, he's one of several players who are out of contract in the summer, so I asked him about whether that affects his mindset as he goes into the kind of final few months of the season. You've been making up for lost time. Pretty much all season, yeah. we know contractually every you're in the same boat as a few different people in the in the summer. Yeah. Uh, but to put a little bit more pressure on you to, to get in there and show what you can do, I suppose. Um, not really. I don't. It's not. It's not no more pressure. It's just. Mm. It's. I'll go there and do what I do, and I'll play as well as I can, and I'm sure that um, scoring obviously the goal on uh, the weekend. It, I'm sure it can escalate me. Usually, hopefully, I can go on a little run of playing mm. or a little run of playing well. But my, yeah, my focus is just playing well, and we'll just see what happens come come that point. And yeah, but, but it, it does look like you're getting back towards where you were. Is is, is the positive thing really? Oh yeah, I, I do feel that like in myself as well. The last few weeks in training and, mm. and couple, yeah, it just sometimes it just clicks and it, mm. it does take time. Like I said, I don't know many players that come back straight mm. away in the first minute. They're they're back to their best. So, yeah, I, I do feel like I'm getting there and, yeah, I'm sure that will hopefully show in the next few weeks. OK, let's move on to Pompey then. Um, I mean, struggled from minute one for me. It was, you know, it was like having the 15 minutes spread out, really. Uh, the first 15 minutes of the Port Vale game spread out over 90, really. It just never really looked on the game. No, we didn't. And, um, you know, I, I felt it... I did. When I was watching an eye follow, the pitch looked a good pitch, but it just seemed, I don't know if it was too watered too much or too dry, I don't know. It just it seemed a bit difficult to play on. It was weird because we said the same thing. When, when we came into the ground, sat down in the press box and, and obviously do the pictures of the pitch, it looked great. And we were thinking this could actually suit Bolton. Now, there were no complaints about the surface itself from the players or the manager afterwards. 
The wind did pick up, there's no question about that, and certainly it was blowing right into Bolton's faces for the uh, for the second half. And it was pouring down at one stage as well, so obviously it got, it got very skiddy as the game went on. But actually, early on, there was no reason for the the footing problems they seemed to have. They were playing on ice skates at one stage. Trafford had an absolute nightmare with, with his kicking, um, which could be something to do with the conditions. It certainly wasn't blamed at the time. Ian Everett said it was more to do with the kind of mental fatigue that some of the players had got. I thought Kieran Lee was another one that really struggled. Uh, didn't seem to be able to, to, to get a pass right at one stage. And um, that's I mean, it just all run rubble from there. It just gave Pompey impetus because they didn't play especially well. And Trafford didn't have a, a great deal to do. Even when Pompey were on top in the first half, I was, I was quite thankful to get in at nil-nil. And I thought, well, from here, they can establish something. But I, I don't think you can... I don't think you can have any great complaints with the result, can you? No, you can't. I think, um, you know, I think Portsmouth, to the credit, you know, it wasn't... I, I, I mean, Portsmouth got the win, so they're not going to care. Uh, I felt before the game, I thought, oh, it's going to be more of a, a footballing game. Mm. I think Portsmouth, and maybe this is because they, they're mid-table and, uh, you know, if, if they were up in fourth or fifth like us, maybe they would make it more of a footballing game. But I felt at times they were... They were making it a scrappy game. The referee played right into the hands. They were falling over whenever they could. Uh, obviously, Bolton got a couple of yellow cards early on, which didn't help us. And exactly. he just, I thought he never got started, and that doesn't suit us. And that's something that obviously that's down to us, and the manager needs to, to you know, address that because it was a get to the back end of the season. Now more teams are going to do that when they're trying to get points. So. Um, yeah, it was just a frustrating day, but I was like you. When Dion scored, I thought, right, brilliant. This is what we needed. Start of the second half, we can, we're can. very good at closing games out. Um, but, I mean, all, all three goals were very poor to concede. That first one, uh, how he's managed to run onto a free header pretty much, you know, at that stage, I thought was, was yeah, very poor. I mean, they could have closed the game out because Dempsey had a big chance at 1-0 mm. and had the spotted Bradley at the far post. I only realised on the replay just how easy it would have been to roll it across for him. But it seemed at the time that that took the wind out of the sails because they were playing quite well for about 10 minutes after the goal. And Pompey's crowd were, were getting on top of them and getting frustrated. I mean, the, I have to give them a bit of credit. That home atmosphere drove the referee for about 90 minutes. Everything they were appealing for, they were getting. Um, and I think that's... That's maybe a little lesson for, for the way that, that the Uniball's got to be from here on in. It, it really can be intimidating for officials and for opposing sides when, when they get like that. Um, and that early yellow card for, for Santos in particular just really seemed to, to set him off. But I don't think you can... Re referee can't be to, to blame for the, the defending, as you say, at the set pieces. The first one was 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 a bit of a joke. Marking for the second one was dreadful. And then, you know, it was a good finish from Bishop, in fairness, uh, for, for the third one. But um, again, you know, a set piece where it, he was given enough space to be able to turn and get the shot off. Um, not good enough. And, and yes, you can blame tiredness, but I don't think that's going to be recorded in the annals of history if Bolton were to throw away a playoff place for example um and just start talking about fatigue i think you've got to get you've got to get the game plan right and the easy things like defending from set pieces should be where you start uh, it's, it's the basic thing and i thought we've done very well this season at defending set pieces Definitely, and, yeah. um yeah it just seemed all at once you know it it just happened and um you know, I, I don't know what's happened. I don't know whether it's it is tiredness and people have, uh, you know, have, have let them in. And yeah, it was very disappointing, very poor. But um, I think realistically, as not much as as much as everyone were looking and thinking, oh well, we could be um, second with a win on Tuesday and second and a win against Markham. I think realistically, we are we are probably a playoff team. But this is the thing now is that because we've played so many more games and uh, you look at, for example, Barnsley and think, how are, how are they four games behind us and when are they going to play them? Yeah. There's only like 10 weeks of the season left. So um, I think a win 
would have just been nice just to give us that bit of a gap. But, you know, it's, it wasn't to be. We've got three massive games now before the uh, Papa John's. And, you know, if, if we don't win on Saturday now, those next two games are tough games. And you, you could then suddenly be going with four games without a win at this stage of a season, which wouldn't be great. Absolutely. Well, one of the, the first stop, of course, is Morecambe. And the guy who stopped to talk to the local press after the Portsmouth game was Ricardo Santos. He got the short straw. Um, but he has got a big role to play between now and the weekend, and he knows about it. Good teams don't lose two in a row, and yeah. we've shown consistently this season you can be that team. Yeah, we can, man. We can. Um, that's what I say. We're, 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 personally, I think we're doing well. Yeah, yeah it's a little blip. Um, but this, this is no easy place to come. It's a tough, tough place. But um, as I said, I thought, I thought it was comfortable today. Didn't I? The only, the only way that I thought they were going to score was a set piece, and we switched off three times. And that's, that's what, that's what punishes you in this league. Set pieces are massive. Mm. Captain's role now: pick the lads up. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> tough that's, job. But you got yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's that's my everyday job, man. Um, yeah. yeah, I'll pick the boys up, um, reflect on Thursday, and then get ones, get everyone going again. How much of an impact do you think the the semi final emotionally has has had on them? Because physically, physically, you know, two two games a week. I know it sounds a bit old fashioned, but the players should theoretically be able to handle it. Has has the emotion of that semi final maybe just taken the edge off? I think it has and it hasn't because it definitely has for some players. But you know, we discussed this last week. There's enough loan players in the team that are players that have played for other clubs who aren't playing in the final. You know, you think of the um, Shola Show Tires and the uh, Adibiejos and the Lundaloos and, you know, all these players that, that aren't playing who we thought, well, they're coming against Port Vale and we wouldn't be affected. And it's not been the case. You know, I know they were, they were all pretty much there watching the team and celebrating, but... Um, so, but yeah, I think it may be as for a few of them, but on the whole, I think there should be enough there from, um, you know, in the team not to not to let it affect them too much. But you know, this is a we've had this week now, and they've got to they've got to draw a line under it because if it does, like I said, if it does continue until the final, which we're not guaranteed to win anyway, so it might all be a waste of time. Uh, <laughs> then your season could really be be damaged because there's enough teams who are below us, who are winning games and who, who can go above us. And if we, we've got a nice cushion at the moment, but if they win their games in hand, then suddenly we find ourselves, you know, sixth just above the likes of Peterborough, for example. Mm. It's going to be difficult. Well, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting because by the weekend before the final, everything evens itself out. We said about when are Barnes are going to play those games. Well, it, it comes in this next few weeks. So you'd think if Bolton are having a bit of fatigue, if it is physical, then it's going to happen to other teams and they're not going to play consistently well, you would hope. Because there would be a bit of pressure, I think, if, if everybody started winning. I don't expect them to, but you know, other clubs have got tough run-ins. There's a lot of clubs playing each other as well. So I still think there's twists and turns here. I'm not, I'm not quite ready to throw the towel in completely on catching the top two, but... I think realistically, as you said before, I think Bolton, as long as they're in that shake-up come the end of it, it will have been a successful season and, and we can go from there on the playoffs. But yeah, it's, 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 it's a difficult one. I think just trying to get a bit of momentum now before the final is important. And as part of that, of course, you've got Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday. So if they were to get results there, then it could all feel very different by the final. Yeah, it could. I mean, you beat them two teams and all of a sudden it does bring Bolton back into it. But I think for me, uh, I am very confident we'll make the playoffs. I, um, I'm i probably 25% confident that we can um, you know, go for the top two. I think the, the teams, Plymouth are, are having a bit of a, um, you know, a bad patch, but Sheffield Wednesday are, are not. And then you'd think that Ipswich should pick up farm as well and so maybe it is a bit too uh, far for us. But even if we don't get the top two, if we have a good end to the season, that will then go into the playoffs. If yeah. we don't, then you you wouldn't fancy us. Well, the biggest 
biggest news this week is that my Twitter account's finally back with us. Hey. hey. Um, yeah, uh, it was finally restored on my way down to uh, to Portsmouth, weirdly enough, after a lot of, what a faff that is trying to get that sorted. But uh, just to just to explain it, um, dodgy Wi-Fi Accrington, God knows what happened. Something's obviously taken on or hacked into my account um, for whatever reason. Um, the only two things it chose to do was put a picture up of, of some weird cartoon thing, which I think was something to do with nfts or something weird like that um which immediately got it blocked which was which was good because i think somebody reported it um the other thing it did was make a comment about an oldham athletic midfielder um to one of our oldham reporters um about uh something about movement or something like that oh right okay really Um, really weird bots they've got nowadays haven't they especially in accrington Yeah, it's that um, whatever that thing is that you know that can can come up with story like write novels or AI, yeah, 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 AI, yeah. yeah. So AI has obviously looked at yours, seen what you normally do, and then somehow come up with you were saying that an olden player there's not enough movement. Yeah, well, I mean, if it fancies doing nine hundred words on the whistle for me uh, on Saturday, I'd more than likely take it. To be honest, it'd be it'd be nice to have an afternoon off. Um, <laughs> certainly, certainly, when we get to Wembley, we've been talking. Um, at the paper about plans for Wembley. There's going to be a big supplement in the paper, uh, a special souvenir supplement on the Saturday before the final. Um, And we're talking about the possibility of getting it down there to the coaches and giving out copies or maybe getting it in the club shop or the fan zone and uh, making sure as many people as possible can get hold of that for the, for the way down. So that'll be fun to write. Um, and batting around some ideas. There's a few competitions in the offing. It's very exciting. We're all warming up for Wembley. Yes, uh, I, you know, I think I think it is important to get these next three games out of the way. But I think what's nice is after the Sheffield Wednesday game, we've got like whatever yeah. it is, ten days to just get really excited about it and and look forward to it. So, although getting Twitter back is obviously the big story of the week. There have been other things happening in the Bolton news and uh, my lovely assistant Henry's picked out some of the best of them. News. Take it away, Henry. Yeah, well, speaking of when believer tickets went on sale, um, this week and uh, a few a few people complaining because they got in a queue got to the front and then uh, were kicked out which is a, a shame but I, by all accounts they've all managed to get tickets now um it, just on the Wembley thing we obviously found out at the weekend is it 38,000 for getting yeah. Yeah, uh, have you good. spoken to the the club or what what are they expecting uh, how many do you think we'll take um i think i think to be honest 30,000 would be the mark they'd look to hit by all mm. accounts. And and that that also applies to Plymouth as well. I spoke to their reporter down there. They they expect about 30 in the end. Um, there's scope for more, of course. And I would, I would like Bolton to get more than that. Ian Everett certainly fancies uh, fancies a full end, if, if at all possible. He's He's been roaring people on to, to get to queuing up. I think the system has been a bit difficult. I'd... I think um, Ticketmaster is not the easiest thing in the world to use. It can be a bit temperamental. And I know from concert tickets and other stuff that I've bought from there, it can be a nightmare. I wish it was not the case that Bolton were using Ticketmaster, if I'm honest. But um, other than the the kind of the initial round of um, unhappiness, it does look like everybody's sorted now that needs to be sorted. Um I heard somebody say something about 17,000 the other day um, in the ticket office. So that'd be interesting to see whether that's correct. I'll see if I can bottom that out and confirm it. But I suspect that's where they'll be ticket-wise now. Um, and then they go on sale to members next week. And then, of course, after that to general sale. And there's loads There's loads left. There's loads left. It, there, was obvious, there was always going to be a big, big rush, no matter how much we said... Calm down, we've got ages to sell them. But um, it looks like, judging by the lack of complaints, that everybody's got what they need, which is good, Henry. When are you getting yours? 
Uh, Tuesday morning, I am a I'm a member. Uh, as discussed, I, I tend to work midweek, so um, not a season ticket holder. But the uh, yeah, Tuesday, can't wait. And uh, yeah, I, I'll be certainly going on the website to have a look at my view. I've seen so many different views of Wembley uh, from from fans. I, I'm getting excited to look at mine. I'm starting to wonder what the press box views like. I should really have a look at that one again. I've not not been there in a while. It's been a long time. I think the last time I went was. Uh, was Kevin Davis um, playing for England for the one and only time? Ah, so yeah. Someone's down there. Yeah. Uh, back yeah, when you used well, to worry about uh, England internationals. <laughs> yeah. It'll be back, Mark. Don't worry. Um, one thing Neil Hart did say to me, which is linked to all this uh, at the weekend, is that from next season, they are in discussion with Ticketmaster. They're tied in with Ticketmaster for the next few years. So don't expect that to change. But they are looking at a different way of, of selling things. No details as yet, but we are assured that as of next season, the whole process will be smoother and better. So as much as that makes no difference to Wembley and a mass mass load there, but hopefully there, it won't be the last big showpiece occasion that we uh, we need to worry about with Wanderers. But as of next season... and. And hopefully bigger allocations in the championship. That would also be lovely. There will be a better system in place, I'm told. So, and it needs it as well. I, I'm, I'm not a fan of Ticketmaster. I don't know about you. Yeah, it's not great, is it? But I mean, I've said this before on the podcast. The only thing that I uh, it, that annoys me is the fact that we've all got to pay a, a pound admin yeah. fee per ticket. Like, literally, what are we paying that for? You go on a system, you choose your seat, and then you get emailed the ticket. You've got to do everything yourself. And I think Wembley, uh, I think the Wembley tickets have got a similar charge and add like an admin fee on them. And I'm like, well, what's anyone, there's no one doing anything. It's just you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, anyway, that's yeah, my rant. It's, it's like, yeah, exactly. It's like going on holiday with the, the Jet 2s and the Ryanairs of this world. You, it looks like cheap tickets. And then by the time you get to actually check out and you've, you've paid for having wheels on the plane and shoe tax and oxygen tax and all, all the other stuff. Uh, yeah. It, it well, it's like me. It's like me going, flying the plane myself and then paying the charge at the end for using the plane. <laughs> it's uh yeah. Yeah. Well, talking about the plane, I'm, I'm, I'm on my holly bobs uh, the day after the final. Would you believe? Hopefully celebrating. I will hopefully be celebrating. I'm hopefully going straight through. I've got to be at the airport for six a.m. Man, that's going to be it's going to be terrible. <laughs> you 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 better leave all the champagne in the dressing room to Jack Dade, and then I'm taking it with me. I'll be in the <laughs> I'll be in the departure lounge with a champagne bottle in both hands. Um, yeah, uh, Dayden's more of a, a shots type of guy anyway. Sambuca and things. He he goes hard. Oh, okay. He goes hard or he goes home. Um, right. Give me another headline. Give me something else to talk about. Uh, well, the Port Vale game was Ian Everett's 150th in charge of Bolton. Um, I mean, the time has flown, hasn't it? And he has actually been, become now our most successful manager in terms of win percentages in that time. It's mad. Absolutely mad. Considering he uh, he lost the first five games. Yeah. Um, and we were all looking at each other and thinking, eek, what's going on here at that point in time? And there's... I said it a few times on here. There's been a couple of times where we've we've had to ask him, "Have you got the support of the board? Do you think do you think your job's under pressure?" Which seems a long, long time ago now. Um, I think after the Oldham and the Port Vale game in the League Two, and then maybe a little bit before Christmas as well, last season with the Accrington defeat, and, and there was quite a lot of anger about it at that point in time. But to his credit, he's every time. They seem to be in a little bit of a pickle. They always find an answer, always gets gets out of it, and steadily over the course of time, with a bit of with a bit of patience, things have things have improved. So, I think there's you know it's terrific. Yeah, I think he's seventy four wins. Uh, the seventy fourth was Port Vale, which was good. I wish he'd have had a seventy fifth at Portsmouth because this would have been a much more upbeat and uh, high-tempo podcast than it's proving to be. But uh, it's, uh, it's, it's nevertheless, it's, it's to, to have won more games at your first 150 than Bruce Rioch is mad. Yeah, and I bet he's done it in a, a much quicker time as well, the amount of games that they play. Mm. But um, yeah, I think as well, you know, over the 150 games, um, you know, and 
I do think that he has he's matured in the role. I thought after Tuesday's defeat, you know, the way he answered that, he he just said sometimes in football, you know, it doesn't quite work out and uh you know, you think of sometimes when he's he's kind of put his his foot in his mouth a bit with some of the comments and uh yeah, he's um you know, he, he has I I have said before on his podcast I really rate him. I think we've got a good thing going on at the moment. Um, you know, I know there's some fans that don't. Some fans get frustrated with the way we play and all of that, and he can rub them up the wrong way. But I think on the whole, um, you know, you can't. I don't think he could have done much better in what he's done. So in that way, credit to him. One of these days, we'll find something we haven't said before on the podcast as well. I find myself listening back to these episodes and thinking, do you know, what? I've said everything before on this podcast, and all I do is <laughs> spend time telling people what I've said before on this podcast. But there we go. Give me another headline. Yeah. Something we have never had before. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, George uh, Thomason is uh, is coming back from a lengthy injury. I mean, we've, I think we have said that before, actually. <laughs> uh, but he, he played in the B team. Now, at the start of the season, he proved a lot of people wrong. He was our best player for a, a few games. Mm. Um, he's coming back now into a midfield where they are very settled. They're playing very well. Can he get back in? Can he, he get a place back? Do you know what? I think Tuesday will do him quite good because it it looks like there's just a little bit of tiredness creeping in, I think, in, in the midfield. And even if it's from the bench, he does have that kind of dynamism and he's get his foot in and he'll make a difference. And I sometimes with George, maybe not always the prettiest player to watch. He's effective. He can spot a pass. I think he's technically he's, he's all right, but... You know he's he's got that kind of rough, rough edges around the way that he plays, um, but I think he had he been on the bench or had he been available on Tuesday, for example, I think he would have made a difference in that game. Um, you know, there's a couple of others on the bench on the on the, the the injured list at the minute as well that would have made a difference. But no, I think I think George is coming into an interesting time. I think he's got a chance. Had you asked me this question two weeks ago, where as you say, Dempsey, Morley, Lee. Or, or Charteris were untouchable, then I probably have said, oh, he would have struggled. But after Tuesday, I would have liked to have had him around. I would have liked to have had him as an option on Tuesday to, to add a bit of energy in there. And, um, you know, he's done really, really well to get back as, as soon as he has. I hope that's, um, you know, he, he, he manages his, his rehab perfectly and, and he's been really professional with that. I hope that stays there. I hope he can stay fit. It'd be like having a new signing, Henry. He will, yeah. And if he can play like he did at the start of the season, because I think genuinely, if he hadn't got injured at the time he did, I think he would have, um, uh, yeah, I think he would have been in that midfield three. I don't know whether it would have been him and Lee just swapping places or whether Dempsey might not have got the opportunity that he's had. But I think um, Thomason was playing that well. That um, you know, And I think he's, as well, he's a young guy. He's got load of time on his hands and I think he can become a settled player for us and someone in that midfield because I think his passing is, is brilliant at times mm. No, he's got something different and he thinks um, he thinks differently to, to a lot of the midfielders and, and Morley's passing is fantastic but he's more of your traditional playmaker, Thomason as I say I think he could be a bit unpredictable and he's got the devilment about him, I do like the fact that George will leave his foot in, I like him Yeah, me too Um Players coming back. We've got MJ, George Johnson, and Cameron Jerome nearing uh, getting to full fitness uh, just in time for Wembley. Uh, I mean, MJ has been stop start this season, but the midfield is doing very well. Cameron Jerome, we've not really seen. George Johnston, do you think uh, that, like Tuesday, was that a game that we needed, George Johnston? Yeah, I think he was missed on, on Tuesday. I think. Uh, I, there's been quite a lot of comments made about switching the defence round and I think Ian Everett did move uh, Owen Toll onto the left-hand side and so Gethin could link up on the right-hand side as he does quite a lot with Connor Bradley. Um, probably didn't work out in, in the way that he'd hoped but uh, he's got that option. I think Toll is equally comfortable to play either side but for whatever reason it, it just didn't work on Tuesday. Um, bringing Johnson back in if he can hit the ground running and, and rediscover the form he was in when he went out, then 
I think he starts for me above above anybody else in that back four, um, except for Santos. I suppose Santos doesn't get moved; he's the captain. But um, you know, Johnson's been in terrific form. He's he's arguably for me the best asset that that Bolton have got. Um, his age, his his pedigree, and and the way he's been playing has has been fantastic. So hopefully that little spell out on the sidelines can obviously won't won't have any hopefully no any lasting effects but also maybe just re-energize him and give him a bit of energy to to see out the season so um i do see him coming back in uh, i would have liked to have had mj on at pompey as well by the way i think he was another one that i would have quite liked in that midfield yeah i think what mj i'll be honest with mj i think you know he with the midfielders we've got i'd be surprised if he manages to break his way back into the the midfield on a regular basis. Um, you know, I think the injury of you know this season has come at the wrong time for him. But um, you know, it would be good just to have someone in there like a Thomas and like MJ who can just, when needed, keep you know stick the foot in. I think yeah. Tuesday was, as I said before, it was a difficult game. Portsmouth were throwing them, the players were throwing themselves on the ground. So I think if you had that player, maybe it wouldn't have worked because maybe the they, they could have been booked or sent off, but I think when you know when you've got that player in the middle, someone who can just grab grab everyone and say right, let's let's get back to what we're good at. Mm. I think that's what we're potentially missing. But um, yeah, I agree with you with George Johnson. I think he's been a, a, a arguably of the players that we have of who are actually ours and not loan players. He's been arguably the player of the season so far, and I think we uh, yeah we definitely did. Miss him, and even Jerome. You know, you could argue that we missed the Jerome, someone who's who's got the experience. Um, so yeah, it'd be good to have them all back. Yeah, I think Jerome, with Saturday in mind against Morecambe, we know what it's going to be. It's going to be another fist fight of a game, and to have Jerome to come on, um, you, you would you'd assume that he wouldn't start the game, but to have him to come on for the last twenty thirty minutes. Um, with his experience, you know, with his physical presence, the fact he he can get in there and and cause some damage, I think would be uh, would be really really good. And again, Pompey maybe would have been useful in those certainly in the in the latter stages where they were trying to get back into it to to have that option. But no, hopefully, hopefully this will be the end of this run of of injuries, and we can get back to talking about Ian Everett having a headache and. Um, you know, which 11 will he pick? Because kind of the form has masked over a little bit, but it really has been down to bare bones recently. It has. And this actually moves us on to our final headline. And uh, it was interesting, actually, to hear him uh, say this, is uh, because he was talking about Dion Charles being dropped at the week, well, rested at the weekend. Mm. And uh, he said that the likes of Dion Charles um, will have international games at the end of the month before the Plymouth final. And another player who might have an international game is uh, Owen Toll. He might become a, a triplet of Northern Irish players that we've got. And I think what a, what a year it's been for him. You know, he came in at the start of the season and he didn't really play. We wanted to get him settled. And he's definitely settled since. And he's he's now could end the season with a Wembley trip and uh, a Northern Ireland cap. Absolutely. You wouldn't, couldn't have composed a script better than that really for him could you he's uh he's been great and, and consistency wise he's he's been he's been marvelous for Bolton since he came in before Christmas as a bit of an emergency really at the time wasn't it when Gethin and, and Santos both got uh injured slash ill and um and Owen's done fantastically well what I'm hearing from the folk over in Northern Ireland is that Michael O'Neill has, has looked very very carefully at him and that uh, he's he's right on the edge of uh, the two games they've got in March, uh, towards the end of the month. Um, and it looks like he's going to get a call-up, which should be fantastic news. And um, obviously, they they it's not just from the Bolton form that they'll know about him, because he played at the top end of, of the League of Ireland with, with Derry, and um, they'll know all about him from that point of view as well. But he's certainly stepped up a level and shown that he can play regularly in League One. Um, Michael O'Neill's watched him a few times, spoke to him a few times, and um, yeah, all good. I think it'd be lovely to see all three of them. I could quite fancy uh, nipping over to Windsor Park and, and having a, a watch of the iron. 
Yeah, uh, it'll be that'll be great. And I think I think they're playing San Marino as well. So even on I think I said this last week, Dion Charles might get his first goal. I mean, the yeah. way Owen told is he might get his first goal as well. You wouldn't rule it out. Um, no, so yeah, but it's great for the club, isn't it? You know, I, and again, this is the the weekly the the weekly mention of where we've come from in the last few years. But to have um, three players who are you know internationals is is fantastic for the club. Right, so before we move on to a few predictions, um, a quick word on emails. Um, I've got a few, a handful that are ready to go um, with all the all the messing around I've had for Pompey and, and sorting out my Twitter account, yada, 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 yada. Haven't been able to sort through them properly yet, but we, we are going to probably do a, a, an email edition when the games slow down. And we've all got a spare week, and maybe we'll we'll do a couple of special edition podcasts. We haven't really decided yet, have we, Emery? We we, we may do one live from Wembley. We don't, we just don't know. We may not. Yeah, we we, we may do. We may not. We, we may not. Uh, do. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I know it's the anniversary of the Liverpool um, League Cup final as well, on the same day as the Plymouth Day. So maybe we might do something around that. Who knows? You just don't know. You just don't know. I might decide to bring Steve McManaman on here and uh, and talk all about it. Who knows? Oh, please, please don't. I'm not going to do that, honestly. I have actually, I have actually discussed the game with Stephen Manning, really, weirdly enough. Um, about, about 10 years ago, I managed to get him on that game. And I don't want to talk about him anymore. He just drives me nuts. He's not, not my favourite co-commentator. But anyway, um, just in case, just in case you've got anything you'd like to get off your chest, then here is how to get in touch with us. So you want to bring something up on the buff. Email Mark and Henry on the buffmail at gmail.com. That's T H E B U F M A I L, all one word, at gmail.com. And sorry to the male escort who probably getting some unsolicited Bolton Wanderers correspondence from the people who spell that incorrectly. Let's have some predictions. Pass us me crystal ball. What's happening next week? Prediction time! Oh, it's oh, it's a weekend I've not really been looking forward to. I think when the when the fixtures came out at the start of the season, this was a weekend that stood out, and I thought, oh god, I'm not looking forward to that one. At least it'll be semi-warm. It was like the middle of winter, but more come away. I mean, we all know what happened last time. Yeah. It was, uh, and this is probably why it said a 12.30 kickoff, and it was put as a 12.30 kickoff very early in the season. Yeah, um, yeah it's, a, it's a massive game for us. I really do think that. I think it's the type of game that Markham will obviously be very excited about and want to get revenge in their own way. Um, and they're going to be, we're going to be up against it, you know, and I think they've got to, this new Bolton Wanderers who go to places like Accrington and Fleetwood and win. I think this new Bolton Wanderers needs to come out now and uh, and show what they're made of because I think, as I said before, a defeat and if teams around us all win, suddenly those points that we've managed to get ahead, I, I, it's looking... It, it suddenly then gets to the point, the point where these other teams just need to win one of their games in hand out of about three or four and they go above us. So, uh, yeah, it's a, mo- a vital game. If we can win 12.30, put a marker down and sit back and watch everyone else, um, I think it'll be a, a massive, massive result. But, um, yeah, it's going to be tough, though. It's going to be tough. That definitely will be tough. No question about it. Uh, Morecambe, they haven't had Cole Stockton in the last couple of games, um, or for most of the last couple of games. He got, he got taken off against Port Vale. He had an injury. Also missing another striker, so that might work in Bolton's favour. We'll see. Um, I've just live on air checked the weather for Morecambe, and guess what? It's not going to be rainy and windy. So that's something. <laughs> that's something. Which... Oh, that's something. But then it's not going to be the weather of when uh, the the uh, was it what was he called? The this fullback from Huddersfield who scored against them. Oh, um, Ben Jackson. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. So it's not going to be as warm as that day, but it's not going to be as cold and wet as the, the one last season. Do you know what? It's absolutely bizarre that that is the same place. I, <laughs> you've just, <laughs> you've just, the only Morecambe game that sticks in my head is that one um, and those events that we probably legally don't need to be discussed in. Um, 
but yes, exactly. We have we have one there. Just go play like that. It'd be fine. I forgot it was locked down and, and Jacko scored. Oh, I might get older Jacko and see if we can do a piece. Remind everybody that it happened. But um, yeah, it, it, that was Derek Adams' team as well. Um, he's back for a second mm. spell now. Not the most... Uh, dynamic and interesting manager on the planet, but he does a decent job at Morecambe. I, I noticed actually in the local press this week that he's been moaning about the fact that they don't get any investment and he's he's looking for a takeover there and all that sort of stuff. Do you know Tyson Fury basically lives next door to the Missouri Stadium, and he's he's talked yeah. about maybe owning it in the past. I mean that'd be bizarre, wouldn't it? It would. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't like to go into contract negotiations with him. No, can you imagine if he tells you you're earning fifty quid a week? That is it. You're not. There's no way on earth you're earning any more than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just no. Sorry, Gaffer. Um, yeah, he he actually lived at um, the Uniball, or I think it was the Macron back in the day. Uh, he, he had a training camp and basically booked out half the stadium. Um, Tyson Fury and his his entourage. Um, a couple of times I bumped into him in the hallways. He, he used to just walk around wearing like. Crocs and a, a big bathrobe, um, which was a bit weird. But uh, yeah, a, a giant of a man. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. But I, I just think Morecambe, um, with the greatest respect to Morecambe, are what they are. They're not, you know, how much more investment? How how much further do you expect Morecambe to go? Really? Yeah, exactly. I think this is they're probably this is their limit, and it's it's well, it's, it's like Accrington, isn't it? We're just trying to survive in League One, and then. Yeah. You know, you get the the four or five big paydays of big home games every season, um, and uh, and yeah, I mean, but you know, the way Markham are off the pitch and Derek Adams wanting to take over, mm. um, you know, it's the it's going to be tough for them. But you know, they they're a good, a decent team on the day, and they can make it tough for everyone else. So we just got to go there, get a win, and move on. Well, they're good at home. I think they've only lost one in eleven at home. So. Even though they they struggle away from home, they yeah uh, they manage to pick up results. They they they're not uh, they're not any mugs. They'd be licking the lips at a Bolton team coming there and, and being being tired or maybe having a few bruised egos. So hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, they can shake that off and and go and do the job. But I think one thing I will say is that anybody who is going over there, please please be careful. Use your use your sensible heads. Um, come back and celebrate or commiserate. Don't uh, don't turn it into a flashpoint. That's all I'd say. Yeah, don't be silly. Don't be silly. Don't be silly is the message the Buff Podcast is sending out. <laughs> um, so, talking about sensibility, let's have a score prediction from you, Henry. Um, I think we'll do it. I think we'll win two one. Two one. I'm going to go 1 0, a late goal. Um, and the late goal will be scored by Dion Charles. Hey, he's approaching 20, isn't he? He is nudging 20. He's on 18 now. He only needs two more. It would be lovely if he got them both. On, and I could, I could be writing about that all, all next week. Would be lovely. I'll give, uh, I'll give Michael Ricketts a ring. And, yeah. Uh, get, get his, get his, Get his view on it. I wonder if he knows anything about Dion Charles. I wonder if Michael Ricketts picks up the paper on a Sunday morning and still looks at Bolton Wanderers' results. Uh, I think he will do. I think it was his best time as a, a player, wasn't it? So uh, I'm sure he will do. Possibly, possibly. Um, right. Well, I mean, I hope we've got something. Uh, I, th- I hope we've got something positive. To- it feels like it's been. It feels like it's been a really kind of tranquil reflective podcast. I don't feel... Normally I'm up and down and up and down and it's it's a bit shouty and all that, but nothing this week. It's been quite chilled. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think as well what what really hit me on Saturday is that for me, and I went to Oxford at home, that was possibly, a, a, you know, without looking too much into it, it's possibly the worst performance I've seen of a season, mm. yet we won the game. And that's not something that happens normally with Bolton. It's normally a great performance, and we we don't win. But um, you know, I think that's it's it's important to get through this period. I think we everyone's kind of in a reflective place of um, we fourth in the league still. So, and I noticed on social media on uh, Tuesday, a lot of people were saying, "Let's not just go overboard." It was a poor performance, but we're still where we are. Uh, we've got a trip to Wembley as well. 
So I think uh, I think if there's going to be a meltdown, it's not going to happen for a few weeks yet. Matt. <laughs> There was nearly a meltdown on the weekend. I forgot to mention this earlier, but uh, I'll, I'll drop him in it. Um, BBC Radio Manchester, obviously Jack was commentating that, goes without saying, but they did have a co-commentator um, who uh, may or may not have thought the game was at Port Vale and driven all the way to Vale Park. An ex-Port Vale player as well, Calvin Andrew. Um, he, he said to us afterwards, he's like, I'm driving down the road and thinking, Do you know what? this used to be a lot busier on match days. I wonder how, how bad the crowds have got here. <laughs> he just turned up at the gates it's like now nah, there's no game I had to give Jack a ring and then hightail it across uh, from Staffordshire all the way back made it for kickoff. fair play to him unflappable is Calvin Andrew God I mean he's lucky it's Port Vale imagine if he did that on uh, Tuesday oh jeez yeah <laughs> I, I, I don't think I've ever managed I, I would love to just go head straight to the Uniball on Saturday rather than Morecambe in fact I, I might consider that and just watch watch it in the press box at the Uniball on iFollow and, yeah, uh, that, that'd be marvellous. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'm just see your report from there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it would be. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, that's all. Um, that's all we've got time for this week. It's going to be weird, actually, having just one game to talk about in the next episode. But uh, it will be a big one. That one's Ipswich at home, of course. So we'll begin all the build-up next Friday. Remember to leave us a review where you can, especially if you listen to this on Apple. Uh, podcast because it helps other people find this pod and keeps our numbers going up which is important uh, so until next Friday I've been Mark pray for me at Morecambe Isles and I've been Henry I won't be there I'll be watching on my couch and chilled out so don't pray for me Hewitt it's a long name but okay this has been the buff <laughs> <laughs>